Greetings, Pear Sharpens and Retrogrades. This is the first show of our week here in early May 2022. Of course, we did programming all of last week here on Rules for Retrogrades, covering the likely overturn of the Roe versus Wade decision expected next month with the publication of Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health. Now we live in a post-release of the draft opinion by Justice Alito World, where the murdering side, the pro-abortion side, crazy in the head, miswired and diabolically uh, uh, descended. They're just attuned to the diabolic. Now they're going around attacking Christians, Supreme Court justices' homes. They're sacking churches. And they are threatening to burn the Eucharist. That's right, to burn the Eucharist. They were doing so all of last week. On Sunday, we experienced the plain fact, now a part of United States history, that such groups made good in large measure on these claims and did go around attacking Catholic churches. Last night on Fox News Channel, Tucker Carlson said this, pro-abortion violence motivated by displacing God and undermining Christianity is what's really at issue here. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about what Tucker said and what this LifeSite News article said, because it's really important. And I'm going to tell the men out there what you can do on Sunday at Mass, because the Sent by Ruth group has promised that this is not a one-and-done, single-Sunday attack. And it's an attack on Roman Catholics. So I'm going to tell you how best to be prepared at Mass on Sundays. That's what we're going to do today. If you want to support this program, go to Timothy J. Gordon at patreon.com. We need your help. Starting in a month, in the middle of June... All levels of Patreon will receive the following benefit. Everyone's really excited about it. We're going to do a group reading, a book reading, meeting once a week, of Michael O'Brien's most important Catholic novel, Father Elijah, from 1997. Beautiful and prophetic for our times. Also extremely fun read. Goes a little bit faster than Windswept House, and it's got many of the same thematic chords being struck. So all levels of patron down to the $5 level will be availed of that option, the uh, Father Elijah Summer Reading Group for retrogrades and parish orphans out there who are patrons. Also, like, subscribe, like, subscribe click the notification bell. Sorry, I, I've got a dreaded summer cold today, and it's, it's hell. It's so bad. I was going to wait till tomorrow to do the show, but... I realized I had a guest lined up for tomorrow, and I wanted to talk to you about this weekend's events anyway. It's all bad, even though the anticipation for the Roe overturn is, as I discussed in three or four shows last week, quite good. Now, here's something that's unmitigatedly good that I'd like to talk to you about. It's personal, it's private, but it's also public. That, that's been the nature. The greatest combination. The greatest, and at times... The most shocking, the most stark, the most uh, embarrassing at times 
combination of the private and the public. We have an update on Ask Your Husband. Officially now, I can release to you on the timothyjgordon.com website, if you go to, what do we, what do we go to do? Publications? timothyjgordon.com and click publications, yeah. You have available the pre-order for edition number two of Ask Your Husband. Do you want to get a picture of the new cover-up? It's up. Some extensive new research on the foil to the 2,000-year anti-feminist tradition within Christianity John Paul II, Steph did a lot more research. That's why this thing took an extra couple weeks to get out. All the same old stuff before. Really, really amazing, important book. She sold about 3,000 copies of this in the first month. And here's the special offer for the parish orphans and retrogrades out there. You know that Ask Your Husband experienced its more than its fair share of travails. Here's what we're going to do for you. Uh, it's going to be up for sale on Amazon in hardcover later this month, early June. You can't special order that yet. That will be $30. For the same price, we have this beautiful, you have the uh, cover there, Steffi? Yeah, we have the new cover. It yeah, beautiful Latin cover. At the top. I think the Latin at the top, it means it's up to Joseph. Which yeah. is just, it's even better than the first cover. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful. This was the perfect artwork for it. But here's the special offer from Rules for Retrogrades. We're really excited about this. For the same price as our eventual hardcover offered by uh, Mrs. Timothy J. Gordon, Stephanie Gordon, uh, $30, w- uh, we will send to you, if you go to timothyjgordon.com, we will send to you a an inscribed signed autographed copy of Ask Your Husband in this beautiful new trade paperback for the exact same price, $30. All you do when you go to the timothyjgordon.com website is you'll, uh, well, make a, make a payment, right? Uh, it's, it's officially pre-order. Yeah. You'll get these in June sometime. And you leave your post address. And with that scant information, Parish Opens and Retrogrades, you will be signed up for a signed copy by hers truly, uh, Stephanie Gordon, of Ask Your Husband. You want to talk for a second about this stuff? She is about ready to pop. And <laughs> a few times, so she I didn't am... want to live. I am, I am just seconds away from giving giving birth. But um, yeah, um, hopefully, I think my C-section is actually scheduled the 20th. So I'd appreciate everybody um, to pray for me. I hope to make it that long. But yeah, the new new cover, uh, we added some new things in the book. It's just, uh, we went through it. It's just, you know, new new things for people who've already read it. And the cover, I just, I love the cover so much more. And honestly, if I could just be honest, I wanted the original book to say Mrs. Timothy J. Gordon, but I didn't get the clearance for that. So now that I'm, I'm, everything's in my own hands, we went ahead and went with that. So. <laughs> and you did tons, tons, well, not tons. You did extensive extra research. So oh, yeah. This is a veritable second edition. Yeah, this is a second edition. I did another like like basic month of research. I found some amazing uh, JP2 things because everybody always likes to talk about how JP2 is 
you know, pro-feminist. I found some knockout punches of some letters and uh, uh, papal audiences of things that he said about working moms. So there's a lot of really great new things in there. Um, but yeah, I think I was probably most excited about the new cover. I love the new cover. I love that that artwork. And again, the Latin at the top, I think we, we figured it out. It means it is up to Joseph, which couldn't be any more based. So I love it. <laughs> I, it, a, a personal note, because this whole thing has been a strange journey. We're, we're, this is not our first uh, uh, rodeo at, you know, public public outcry or whatever you want to call it, uh, public situations. Um, this one was a little different, and, and, and everyone knows why. Everyone, I think, who's listening that watches this program regularly or listens in understands why. If you want to support Steph and... and implicitly uh me we, we love the patron support thank you so much we love our patrons that's what we've, we've been committed to in 2022 especially this summer when i have some extra free time stepping up the benefits enhancing what you get for supporting this program and and me as an author and me as a a, a public person with patron benefits but if you aren't in that situation or if you are and you want to support this program the best thing you can do is to buy this second edition self-published. If you have the first edition, I would ask you, Parish Orphans and Retrogrades, give it to someone that needs it because pretty much 99.5% of women, Christian or non-Christian, need Ask Your Husband nowadays. So give away that one and buy this second edition on timothyjgordon.com. You can go do it now. It'll be pre-order We'll, we'll take about a month, but you'll be locked in for one of the first copies. And at this time, $30 for a hardback, $30 for mass mark, uh, trade paperback. But the trade paperback is signed, and it'll come directly from Steph here. So that, that's the best way. Whether you bought it before and you didn't get the opportunity, uh, uh, or you didn't get the opportunity to buy it before, purchase Steph's book if you want to support this program. We are tremendously grateful and for about the 3,000 book sales that we did in the first edition on 10 books as first a thousand co 3,000 copies sold in a little over a month very very good numbers by even the largest publishing houses almost all of those people have reported back to Steph what this was a life changer this was a marriage saver this one book it's it's an incredible thing and written by Steph. So, timothyjgordon.com, go to whatever it is, publications. Uh, I think it's at the first front page. It is, yeah. Yep. We really yep, appreciate yep, you. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> okay. So, that's the unmitigated good news. Life goes on, and uh, you get over snags. The bad news is this. I'm going to just read from this LifeSite article. The, the Ruth group that had sent out threatening message saying they're going to burn our Lord in the Eucharist made good on it uh, in the run up to Sunday's mass uh, this this past week what is today Tuesday the 10th so it was Sunday the 8th largely around the country they made good on their threats but they did so even on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all week long, desecrating churches. Do we have those pictures? Yeah, uh, there's of, two of them. Mm -hmm. the, some of the pictures 
I wanted to include, but they're too blasphemous. Things they're doing to statues of, of Jesus and Mary. Folks understand that I don't mince words. I mean, if you, if you tune into my show with any regularity, you understand and you probably do so because this is the most direct speak from a show that's reasonably well informed about Catholic culture and politics and secular culture and politics. I don't mince words. So you know that we have to do something. Here's what we can do. Well, first let me read to you what, what Tucker Carlson said. Tucker is consistently, night in, night out, incredibly based, and, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for Tucker Carlson. He says, pro-abortion violence is motivated not by Roe versus Wade, not by the overturning of some Supreme Court jurisprudence, not by abortion rights, but by Tucker's words, not mine, Tucker's not even a Catholic, by displacing God and undermining Christianity. By displacing God and undermining Christianity. Tucker Carlson believes that the recent state of violence against pro-lifers is ultimately about displacing God and attacking Christianity. The popular news anchor voiced this opinion in his opening monologue on the evening of May 9th after a spate of vandalism and violence was launched against pro-lifers by pro-abortion supporters because of a leaked Supreme Court draft opinion that looked set to overturn Roe v. Wade. That'll be next month. Carlson opened by referencing a tweet by radical pro-abortion group Ruth sent us, in which they announced a plan to, quote, be burning the Eucharist to show our disgust for the abuse Catholic churches have condoned for centuries, end quote. They wrote in one tweet, quote, stuff your rosaries and your weaponized prayer. We will remain outraged after this weekend, so keep praying to threat. We'll be burning the Eucharist to show our disgust for the abuse Catholic churches have condoned for centuries. Tucker said, Joe Biden purports to be a Catholic, but no, the Biden administration did not try and stop this. <coughs> Nor did Biden prevent a Molotov cocktail being thrown into a pro-life's offices in Wisconsin on Sunday, noted Carlson. Summer colds are the worst, by the way. <laughs> Pro-lifers were not doing anything aggressive at all, but because their views are repugnant to the left, their building was firebombed. End quote. The news host had equally severe criticism for Biden's lack of response over a pro-abortion protest outside New York's St. Patrick's Cathedral on May the 7th, which was Saturday, when one abortion advocate screamed that she was, quote, killing the babies and went on to simulate abortion using baby dolls in a graphic display. I, I happen to have had the misfortune of seeing this one. Like everything these, these animals do, it's vile. Like everything these animals do, it's inexcusable. And like everything these animals do, I'm trying not to get myself in trouble here. I, I'm going to amend that statement. Like everything they do, this is serious. This is as serious as the grave. Could you get away with that outside any other religious center? Any other group of worshipers? Asked Carlson. 
Probably not. We wouldn't support it. We wouldn't support it. Connecting together the sequence of violent protests and acts of vandalism, Carlson suggested that this uncondemned series of events isn't actually about Roe, but about something much darker than that. Uncondemned, he means, by the popular media. Mainstream media, government, institutions of popular culture, news media, entertainment media, government. The LifeSite news article goes on, alluding to the radically pro-abortion Women's Health Protection Act, Carlson stated that, quote, it's not really about codifying Roe. They're going to try to bypass the filibuster in the Senate so that they can codify Roe, is what they're calling it. Of course, this won't work, ultimately, for reasons that I discussed in the legal panel late last week. But it will buy them some more time and some more abortions that can be had. Remember, as sacred as every individual baby human life is to us, the good guys, every single abortion that they can have before the act of abortion is proscribed is sacred to the other side. They are, and hear me very clearly, indirectly or directly, the minions of the enemy, capital T, capital E. It's about something much bigger than Roe versus Wade, Tucker says. Here's a direct quote. It's, it's about displacing God as the great decider. Democrats now reserve the right to, result, to rewrite biology, which is to say dominion over nature, which is always what it was for Lucifer over God. Non serviam, right? I won't serve you, I won't serve God, and I won't serve nature. I won't, I won't properly order those functions and roles that nature has expressed. So again, Tucker says, this isn't just about intimidating Supreme Court justices, five of them, into changing their views on Roe versus Wade. It's about attacking Christianity because Christianity stands in their way. Note what Tucker said here. He didn't say Judeo-Christianity, Judeo-Christian value. He didn't say that. Christianity alone stands in the way of these people. I want you all to hear me very clearly. Christianity You could throw in the Protestants here, but it's the church, the magisterial, hierarchical, patriarchal, Roman Catholic church that stands in the way of these devils, these animals. They're plain scavengers roaming about looking for trouble. Someone who will murder her own child will not think twice about doing away with you if you stand in the way of the Darkling agenda. They're scratching the morality off rocks. <laughs> They're horrible. Yeah, so do you, I mean, this is, this is not an exaggeration to say that when and if your church should be attacked during a, a Sunday Mass, you need to have a game plan. Uh, I'll finish with this last quote from LifeSite. The, the, the pro-abortion advocates are angry at Christianity and have been for a long time, added Carlson. 
Yet such anger is weird, he continued, since the Western understanding of human rights, our understanding of human rights, all of us, atheists included, is based on Christianity. The wave of violence and vandalism that has swept through the country since the Supreme Court leak has particularly targeted Catholics. Of course it has. Catholics. 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 They're the enemy. They recognize us, the Catholics, as the enemy. The one true faith. It has included pro-abortionists invading Sunday Mass in Los Angeles, spraying anti-life graffiti onto a Texas pro-life pregnancy center, and apparently stealing a tabernacle from a Catholic church in Texas. Undermining Christianity is the central project of the church because it stands in their way, Carlson said. Modern liberals hate Christianity, not because it's repressive, but because they are. And you've probably seen the picture. If you're on Twitter, I tweeted the thread, uh, which collected, collocated many not all, but many of the uh, vandalism acts and the attacking acts that happened last Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What disturbed me was in the video of church, inside the churches that I saw, I, I just have to be honest with you guys, I was a bit caught off guard that so many men were sitting, were seated in a seated position as these groups with uh, the costume they all wear. They like, they like the costumes, right? This was a combination of feminists, homos, transsexuals, radicals of all freakish species and strain. Okay, what, what's that group, The Handmaid's Tale? They're all wearing The oh, Handmaid's yeah. garb. I don't know what... <laughs> I'm not sure what this They're is all about. They're so babyish. It's babyish so or not? Embarrassing. They're so lame. They don't know. They think they're being super avant-garde and like, look at us. We're making a stand. And they're wearing costumery. And they're like from a television show or whatever yeah. it is. They're just ridiculous laughingstock embarrassments. But there, there's a couple things here. I agreed with all that. We don't want to pull in two different directions. You want to take them... Seriously enough, these folks, to understand that they do pose a threat to you and your family. That's what they're doing. They threatened, I, I read it, right? What, 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 what was that? Let me read it one more time. There's a, a piece of graffito tagging uh, covered by Breitbart that said, If abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. And so they'll come in the sanctuary, the literal sanctuary, and threaten to burn Jesus' body and blood. Uh, and, and do whatever else crazy people do to create the impression that they, they pose some sort of danger. That if abortions aren't safe, if they don't get what they want, then you're not safe either and neither is your family. So all of these men who remained seated at, at Mass really caught me off guard. What you do, it's a simple playbook. If your church gets invaded, I want everyone out there to hear me very clearly. Stand, men. Stand, not, not proverbially. This is not a, a, a rousing patent speech. I'm not being metaphorical. Stand and 
filter calmly and quietly to the edge of your pew. All the men in the row, old teenage boys, so that all the men are congregating on the aisle, the nave, right? And if there's not enough standing room, that's fine, because a big group of standing men is how, within any pack or herd, nature deigns that animals defend themselves. So now we have, and the entire, I'm going to assume that you attend cruciform churches, the entire nave lined with men. And what, what's best, what's optimal is, let's say there's a father with two teenage sons in a family. It's best to stand together, but you're lining the nave. If there's not enough room, then you will go and line the outside, the, the parallel uh, back pew. So it is literally, of course, just in case, these are, these are crazy people who have leveled a threat against yours and my bodily integrity and the bodily integrity of our Lord in the most holy species of the Eucharist. So we'll be there. Now, what other videos showed was even with five or six or seven, which is not enough, men standing up to them, and they're usually either Knights of Columbus or ushers, they were caught off guard. They weren't expected to be greeted by anyone with any uh, adversarial spirit, you know, saying, hey, get out now. Which is very typical. These are cowards, but cowards can be, like jackals, very, very dangerous. So in every church that gets invaded, you stand, filter to the edge of your aisle, and when you run out of space, filter to the back lateral pew. So you're protecting the block, the rectangle of folks that are in the pews. Now, I'm not, I, don't, I don't need to tell you uh, how to handle situations. The rest is all prudence, self-defensiveness, uh, protecting the elderly, protecting women and children, protecting your own bodies and the bodies of other men. This is all a, a good and holy thing. And it's fine. Now, most of these people that come in, I don't want to say most, a lot of the people that are coming into the churches don't really know what they're doing. They've been roused up to, to anger by some abortion group. And they're, you know, losers in life. They're the type of person that would kill their baby. So, so losers, without a prayer, they figure, without much hope, without much joy. So a lot of them, it's just a performance art piece or whatever. They don't believe in the Eucharist. So what you do at that point is peaceable insofar as no one advances on you or your family or the priest or the Holy Eucharist. All right? You got to be orderly. They will leave when they see the entire church of men standing, defending the rest of the congregation. And give them an but, eye. Like, the men should, like, if you think somebody's suspicious, then give them a look. Like, what's the wrong with that? Like, give well, them, like, a real, like, stare down. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what that... I mean, you're going to know. There's not going to be any subtlety involved here. This isn't like a terrorist on a plane before they make their move, where you're going to have to guess. that They're going to be wearing the ridiculous costumes, and they're going to be yelling. They're going to come in. So you don't... There probably wouldn't even be the opportunity for that, in all honesty. But sure, if you think someone's suspicious, you can look at them. There's nothing wrong with that. But the point is, once you form a kind of phalanx, 
around the women, the children, and they cannot, by the way, they cannot be allowed to proceed up to the altar. That goes without saying. So the phalanx needs to cross the aisle. If we're talking about a regular cruciform church, we have men here, there, and then one, you know, at least some of the biggest dudes standing in front of the altar. That goes without saying. They will leave. I guarantee it with 99% accuracy. Now, um, you can demand that they leave. And if they're advancing on anyone, you will automatically be surrounding them. I, I mean, this is just common sense stuff. I didn't think I would need to do a show on it until I saw in several of these videos, men seated. In, in one case, a guy with his family kind of scooted over. They had the aisle seat and they scooted away from him. I mean, I understand that for the, the mother of the kids, but need to stand. Stand at the aisle. There should be tons of men around you. This is very basic. And um, with even a little bit of adversarial pressure, they will fold like umbrellas in most cases. And if they don't, if they're truly this audacious, then, you know, you, you standing and, and um, using prudential self-defensive judgment from there is all the more necessary if they're, if they're crazy enough to be audacious when they're outnumbered so badly. Tim, what about if there's like a bunch of like just men standing at the very back of the church, like just a big group of dudes and there's, you know, the women and the children are in the pews and the men are just filling up the back of the church because they're going to have to walk past that big group of guys if they're all just back. They're not necessarily even just in the pews, which I understand what you're saying, but if I were like some pink-haired freak and I walked into some some church and there's just like packed out with dudes in the back, I'm going to think twice about walking through those dudes. Of course, of course. Uh, that works well. I mean, that works really well. I, I'm, I mean, I'm, we're just trying to get the, the fire stoked a little bit for this. This could happen. This is, you have reasonably well-organized radical left groups, which, which have ne'er-do-wells, idle minds and idle hands, always at their disposal, saying, hey, we promise this. We're going to hurt you. We're going to hurt the Eucharist. We're going to hurt your churches. Keep, say your prayers. That's literally what they're saying. So, and of course the government, like, like Tucker Carlson pointed out, has no interest in investigating this as domestic terrorism, hate crime, uh, serious uh, uh, type, of, type of felony that if someone got hurt would involve a felony, something called a felony murder. They're not, we don't have any help. So it doesn't take much help. You got a church full of dudes. That's I mean, that's all it takes. But I saw what I saw. And again, I'm sorry to be such a skeptic. I'm just always surprised at the passivity and the impecunity and the, the uh, pusillanimity of Christians and conservatives. Like scooting his family over and kind of hoping to get out of the way. I saw that several times. Men need to travel in packs. Men need to begin traveling in packs again. This is an idea. Many have pointed out it's not, it's not mine. Uh, Rene Girard, I believe, has largely been one of the ones repopularizing this. My co-author and friend Michael Robillard is the one that's pointing it out to me. I noted when I lived in Italy, the Muslim men would travel around the city in packs and they could come in a restaurant and the psychological effect of 20 young Muslim men coming in and taking over three or four or five tables is 
naturally undeniable. By naturally, I mean from the perspective of nature and natural reason. You know what that means. That's a Sicilian threat. We need to give it right back. A bunch of men on their feet, standing like this, and no one needs to be explained what that means. When two dogs are about to fight, the, the, the shoulder muscle on one flinches and the other dog understands that that's not necessarily an offensive movement. But if the one dog moves his lips or his jaws or maybe a paw, the other dog, he's no genius, he understands that's probably a setup, an offensive movement. Nature equipped us with this understanding. People know what to do. Be restrained. We're only talking about self-defense when folks, including, including the Eucharist or the tabernacle or the priest, are in serious jeopardy of bodily danger. But that's a real threat. They're threatening to do this. So don't think it's mythic. Yes. People have some questions. Yeah, let's People are take... wondering what you would do or what to do if you think somebody is purposely coming up to grab the Eucharist to, to desecrate it or what's the procedure. If you think some freaks up there going to take the Eucharist and walk out of it, what do you do? It's a bit like taking a charge, my friends, in, in basketball, right? I've been watching NBA action every night. Um, they're not a lot look you hold your ground stand in, around the altar so we, the cruciform nature you stand around your wives and kids who are sitting in the pews you're lining them with a bunch of dudes and you also line across the middle of the altar without uh, which you, you, know, you don't cross without crossing yourself normally in front of the altar all the way across if someone should advance on you, that is an offensive act. No, no, no one will do that. So don't, don't be expecting it over much. No one's going to advance on, uh, two, what, 200 guys in a church? 200 men in a church, lining it in formation. Everyone grab a post right near where they were seated. And what's the, what's the value of that? What's the advantage, tactically speaking? Well, everyone's seated somewhere. And as far as I know, we don't have a bunch of homos at church who are sitting on each other's laps. So every, every guy is going to be spaced really nicely throughout the church. Everyone just grab a spot right near where they're at. If you're a, one of these uh, Flanders types, thank you very much, who sit up front, then you've got aisle duty. But you do want the bigger, more imposing dudes. Um you know, intermixed in every, every third or fourth guy, and you want them at the front. So you just form a little wall. They, they can't do anything. And everyone has the right to slowly, peaceably, as a, as a kind of united front, start closing around them and say, get out. There's one path open to you. It's GTFO. This is your chance. Go. You don't even have to say that. That's like, do dogs have language? Think of my two fighting dogs analogy. You got six or seven guys, ushers, who stood up to some of the other ones that I saw in videos over the weekend, and they're like, oh, wow, we weren't expecting this. We thought Chris Christians are often such, I hate to use this word, but losers that just lay down, fold like umbrellas. And I saw plenty of this evidence over the weekend, too, on these tapes. That's, what I'm, that's why I decided to make a video that they didn't think they were going to get any pushback. That's how much they're laughing at you guys. That's how much they're laughing at you. 
They don't think you'll stand up and keep the Lord from being desecrated or burnt, the tabernacle from being stolen. They think they can go in there, a bunch of women, most of them, or they usually had some pimpy guy with them, um, and start bullying people, even though there are two, three, four hundred men at a given mass. 100, 50, how many men does it take? Not many. Any other questions? Um, let's see. Oh, people are mentioning, like, what if the pastor is sympathetic to these people? Isn't They're not going to be on your side if you, like, confront them or try to intimidate them from coming into your parish, to the parish. Guys. Guys, guys. I, I mean, this is why... I mean, how, hopefully you've been in at least one street fight in your lives. There's no time. to. You're not going to be communicating with them. You're not asking permission from the pastor. These people, if the pastor's sympathetic, he won't be after he gets a visit from these freaks. That's number one. Number two, there's no way for him to communicate to the interlopers, the assailants into the church, that he's sympathetic to them and he's some pathetic gutless turncoat who's on their side he's not there's no way to indicate that number three even if there were there'd be no way he could forcibly indicate to you that he wants to let them desecrate the eucharist i understand there are lots of bad priests i understand there are lots of turncoat planted marxist masonic homosexual priests look i mean i've been who are sitting on each other's laps when you're not looking i get it it's a lot of them it's too many of them but i mean these guys are the kind that that uh, jump into each other's laps in a in a scary movie, right, and utter out a girlish shriek. They 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 understand they're not going to be able to indicate like some special traffic ticket card that that uh, you know Meyer Wolfsheim flashes to the cop in front of uh, Nick Carraway and Gatsby, right? There's nothing like that. They can't do that. They are they look like the enemy. They're dressed as the enemy. The enemy of the abortionists, a Roman Catholic priest. The enemy has identified any Catholics, especially its clerics, as their enemy. So you don't have to worry about that. You're not flying into action. All you're doing is rising. And and, and this is a good show that's necessary to do anyway with the um, anti-Christian Muslim sentiment in the world, with the anti-Christian secular uh, uh, resentment from all other aspects of what's going on in society. This is good protocol for the men in a Catholic congregation to understand when the churches were being harassed and harangued so much by uh, COVID uh, regulations. Between the Muslims, the secularists, the transsexuals, particularly if you live in a place like San Francisco or Portland, Seattle, any place, any big city, they hate you. You're the enemy. We're not countrymen. We've been tossed in to live together like we're countrymen, but we're not. This is what I've been telling you. You live with a bunch of Soviets. And they're not Soviet spies. They're just out and about. It's 1950, and it's like America and the Soviet Union got intermixed, and we're just living in one matrix of strife. And roughly half the people out there hate you and want to harm you, and half the people don't. Half the people are Christian. The other half of the people are essentially Satanists. If you don't believe me, read these stories. Sometimes I just don't know how to make people understand that this is not subtlety. I did a radio interview for Don't Go to College this morning. 
a really nice guy, uh, Treasure Coast, Florida Coast. And the guy was like, I remember we interviewed you after Catholic Republic, that book, You're Like a Prophet. You, you wrote that book so long ago. You published an article 10 years ago. You're saying, look, the, bre- the red and the blue need to separate. And that's what the whole Catholic Republic's about. You're like a prophet. I was like, I'm not. I'm not like a prophet. I just look at these things uh, with a little bit of training, a little bit of a subtle eye. And my observations are not all that subtle. This was obvious. I wrote the article in 2012, basically making the case for divorce, called Declaration of Grievances. Stacked up our grievances against our federal government. 1776, colonials' grievances with the British government. And I say, look, do a bar graph. Ours are like this. Theirs were like this. What does that mean? What does that mean according to the logic of the 4th of July? Okay, that, that's, that's a little subtle. Some of the, the, the tricks that, that uh, my brother and I uh, that we gave you in Rules for Retrogrades. Some of those are kind of subtle. It took some creativity to come up with. The case for patriarchy. Sometimes it's hard to see the grand plan. The grand plan of the left was really to infiltrate the family. Even Christian families are badly infiltrated by feminists and feminism. You know, what I said about the newest book that's going to be coming out later this summer, Don't Go to College, is like, look, this is the most obvious case, man. It all goes together. Colleges are the the nerve center of all this radicalism. They're cooking something up on some college campus right now. The Ruth sent us people, probably cooked up by university professors or ex-university professors or on some club of radicals at some set of Ivy League schools. This is what they do. So I'm not a prophet, not by a long shot. It's just really, really obvious that at this point, America is not a republic. It, it, it can't be if it's the size of a continent. And we're living with essentially 50% of the, the, the citizens of America out there hate you and want to threaten you and hate your Christianity. This is what it means to be ready. It means, okay, I'm not asking anyone to go martyr themselves for heaven's sakes. It's stand up in your pew, move to the edge, move to the aisle, defend your women and children, man. It's basic. Any other questions? All right, look, this is, this is going to be ongoing, so, so get tough. Get a little bit tough. Get it now. Some things have to happen. They have to happen fast. And we got a, got a big, extended, protracted fight coming, a fight in the courts, <coughs> maybe a fight in the streets, you know? Who doesn't have the, who can't read the signs of the times? God bless you all. Pray for me. Pray for Steph. Go to timothyjgordon.com. Please, right now, if you want to support this show, go buy the second edition on timothyjgordon.com. You get a signed copy from Steph of the beautiful new cover. Go to it now. Publications. Ask your husband. God bless you all. Be tough. Be tough. Defend yourselves and your families. Be peaceable. God bless you. Deus vol. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit.